The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. How to dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld Fan Podcast Season 1 Recap. Today, we're going through Season 1, Episode 10, The Bicameral Mind, talking about what we still like and what we're not into anymore. I'm Ryan. And I'm Justin. And this is the Westworld Podcast. So as I explained last time, and as I'll briefly cover this time, James is doing thesis stuff. He'll be back on April 23rd, the day after April 22nd, when Westworld airs, season two airs. But because he's doing thesis stuff, and we only have a week until it airs, we are joined by our pal, Justin. I think we should be straight up with the listeners. James was a host. Sure. He's gone MIA. Yeah. We're trying to find him, and we're trying to sort this out. as He's on the edge of the park. Just punching Logan in the face over and over again. All contact. We're looking into it. Right. Just doing the robot. So Justin, a totally not host. He doesn't even know yet. Uh, Nope, not a host. Yep, totally not a host. Not me. He he walked into the door when he walked in here. Straight into it. It was like, well, nothing happened. So he is helping us while James is away, but James will be back for the premiere episode of season two. Hopefully, if we find him. Right, if we find him, if he ever comes back. So, yeah. As we talked about last time, the Emmy nominations, which nobody ended up winning at all, but Evan Rachel Wood was nominated for this episode, which we had a bit of a problem with Anthony Hopkins not getting episode nine, but I think we both agree Evan Rachel Wood is the star of the show and deserved this 100%. 12,000%. Yeah, she's so good. And again, nobody won, but, and if somebody was going to win, actually, I can't, I I love all four of the people who got nominated. I'm not going to choose between them. I was like, choosing my babies. (laughs) Something the Maeve kids? has to do. I don't have kids. You know, but by the way, I want to point out that I don't have a kid. Uh, James does, does the harder version of this. He does the, like the plot point. He has to take way more time when he puts together his notes. And like, I just slack off and, and, and do the, do the commentary, but he does that all with a kid. I don't even, all my, the only kid I have are my dope rap albums available on iTunes. Jolly good. Quality plug. Thanks, man. Quality plug. Thank you. Let's get straight into it. We only took three minutes this time and not nine. That's pretty good. Improvement. Thanks. The man in black questions Dolores about Wyatt's location and the center of the maze, prompting Dolores to have more flashbacks. In the past, after building Dolores, Arnold tries to foster true consciousness into her. He comes to realize that the path to consciousness is not linear, but instead more like a maze, where a person's choices can make them closer or farther away from the center. So two things there. The man in black getting frustrated with Dolores, who still doesn't have any answers for him after 30 years. And Arnold explaining to Dolores why her life is about to suck. I mean, it sucked real bad. Yeah. But it's gonna suck. Right. And Arnold knows it. And he's just like, but it has to happen. While he's making that gumbo. Brought it back immediately. Uh, Yep. I was waiting. I hope James hates it. I bet James was like, no, gumbo joke? Great. But if he likes it, wherever he is. Uh, Japan. <laughs> we don't know. He's missing. Right. You're such a good point. I forgot the joke. Keep going. If he likes it, it's going to be pretty disappointing. That's true. It's going to be a good job, guys. We're going to be like, dang it. Dang it. Anywho. However, despite the man in black's best efforts, Arnold was never able to make Dolores truly conscious or truly alive so that he could prevent the park's scheduled opening. He tried to bootstrap consciousness by having Dolores kill him. But it just didn't work out. Not wanting to allow the host to be exploited anymore, Arnold instructs Dolores to kill all of the hosts with Teddy's help. Project Red. Right. And we get flashbacks of this the entire season where it's Wyatt and Teddy going through because Wyatt came back with some strange ideas and Teddy feeling guilty about it and not knowing exactly why he did it. And now we find out why because it was written for him and Dolores is like in charge. Teddy's just a tool. Right. 
like I said before, in the recap I watched, he wasn't even a part of the season one recap. He doesn't have a lot to do. Probably more to do in season two, which is great. Because James Marsden's like an actual star. This show has like a bunch of people, like maybe five or six actors who would be number one on the call sheet for any other show they were on. And they're all in the same show. Sort of ridiculous. Typical HBO, man. It is typical HBO, but I'm worried for their, like, contracts in three years. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. j- how are you going to get James Marsden, an actual movie? Like, these are all movie stars who are in this show. But, you know, it's HBO. They'll figure it out. And they don't have Game of Thrones to pay for anymore. <laughs> Maybe they're going to put it into Westworld. Yeah, it would be cool. We That'd be cool. Know, just but... really, just infuse into Westworld. That'd be cool. Arnold then instructs Dolores to kill him, too, predicting that his death would ruin the park. Dolores kills Arnold, then Teddy, and then herself. In the present, we come back to Teddy, where he's out of his loop, but experiences a vision of Dolores and breaks his loop to search for her. So he gets off the train like they did in the pilot, and he gets checked by that shoulder check guy, Mm -hmm. and then he kind of like flashes out and shoots him. And is like, oh... He ain't the same man No, I am not the same. And I don't know why I just did that, to be honest Looks with you. Looks at his gun like, what the hell? That is interesting, <laughs> what I just did. is different. I hope I'm a bigger part in season two. Teddy sees in a flashback the actual reality of what happened. Dolores and Teddy doing this. The wolf is there. What's this wolf doing, man? You know, I, I, was, I was hoping to have an answer. Nothing. A what? I have no idea what this wolf means. There's no no even hint. None. Just him. Well. It's it's one of the things where they were like, no, we're not even like it's, we're not going to tell him. We might never tell him. Actually, now seeing that they rickrolled us, I think the wolf was uh, foreshadowing the rickroll. Oh, um, because not for any reason that would even make sense at all. No. Just because it was something there that grabbed your attention, you went, oh, this is going to be interesting, and then it. No, never yeah. mind. Just to let you guys in on the thing. The creators of Westworld rickrolled the entire audience on Reddit the other day during their AMA with a 30-minute video of 26 minutes of which was a dog and three minutes of which was a beautiful song by Evan Rachel Wood singing, the, you know... Singing well. Never Gonna Give You Up and Clementine Finney Feather, best name. You know, the only reason I say that so fast now because it's, I think, all the people come for. Best name. Best name! There's a person with a Twitter handle, Clementine Finney Feather, best name. You gotta be kidding. No, me. I'm not I'm kidding. That up yeah, it's, so, it, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a weird thing. I don't believe you. Okay. The man in black in the present day is angry that Dolores has no answers for him after following her for so long and begins to beat her up after digging up her own grave and finding the trinket that Arnold left her, which was just a toy from his son, which was an actual maze. Dolores boasts that William will arrive and kill the man in black, prompting him to tell the rest of William's story, which he knows really well. He knows it a lot. He knows he knows it like he lived it. Clementine Pennyfeather, best name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can say it. How do you do that? I've practiced a lot. Oh, my. Clementine Pennyfeather. Uh, no, I'm not going to try it, but the confirmed. Twitter's real. There's so many confirmed. Oh, yeah. you. Yeah, that's the man of black's doing something. And Justin's like, no, no, no. no I'm no, going no. through Twitter. I must find. Must find. <laughs> 30 years prior, after capturing Logan, William enlists Lawrence's aid in searching for Dolores, slaughtering other Confederado camps in the process. William then becomes obsessed with finding Dolores, traveling to the very edge of the park, and becomes more ruthless and more brutal along the way as he learns that the Confederado soldiers maybe, possibly, took turns sexually abusing Dolores. Yeah. Something that he might have done in the pilot in that barn. We still don't know. They closed the barn. We don't know. But himself, which would show, like, he got so mad about it now. He's, like, killing everybody. He might have actually done it himself. We don't know. But, like, that pushed him. Like, another, if, it, if another straw could break another camel's back. But why would he do it? Do what? Assault. Oh, in 30 years in the in the barn? Right. I don't know. Like, he's looking for the center of the maze. I, I, and he, he, so it feels like sexually abusing Dolores, 30 years after. He did, she did break his heart. Well, I mean, not her. Mm. Kind of the the park broke his heart. As a whole. As a whole. But, like, it was her eyes and her not knowing him. which broke. We'll get get there. We'll get there. (laughs) It'll be soon. Everything's fine. He then tells Logan that he plans to seize control of their company, Delos, and buy out the park before sending him off into the sunset naked on a horse. 
beforehand, Logan's like, you mean my company, by the way, because my dad is literally James Delos. I think Logan's last name is Delos. Oh, God. Probably. But when he is sent off naked into the park, what came to mind for you first? First, Power Play. Yeah. Uh, by William. Just wonderfully crafted. He's playing the game. Oh, he's he's he is almost... We're talking Ford level Almost. playing the game. There. If Ford is the queen, the man in black is the king in chess analogy. Because chick queen's better. Correct. Okay, fair. Yes. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I it and during the scene, watch you know, he's up on the horse, he's naked, he's cuffed. You're like, oh, he's, you know, disposing of him. You know, they they had they're supposed to have this bromance, it never happened. He's like, All right, screw you. And then, you know, it all it it all starts coming together that you're like, he's going to pin it on Logan that he's psychotic. Right. Just just a nightmare human being. Because we know the future. Right. 30 years in the future, the man in black is there. And where's Logan? We have no... He's not there. Or is he? He might be. Wait, is he? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I just like... I don't, I don't remember I, him being I am... If there's a character in the show, like I said, yeah. this, is, this is my mantra for anything that comes out of HBO now, is that if their head is not moved oh, from no. their body... I think William and Logan will be... They were in the trailer. They'll, they're, they're doing the 30-year-old right. story. Like, they're still there. We see in the trailer Logan meeting with his father and his father looking mad at him. Very, which very Because, you know, mad. William, I bet, told the story. Like, William got back first and was like, yo, your son is a whack job. <laughs> Let me tell you. And give me his job now, please. And which we would learn, like, you know, William, Dolores convincing William that this place was good, and then William power playing his way to the top of Delos mm. is the only thing that saved Westworld in the early days because True. Arnold and had Dolores, you know, do all those things okay. to him and to them, to the other hosts. So we're seeing Westworld's both savior and perhaps biggest evildoer. Possibly. At the same time. Maybe. Although it hasn't been confirmed yet, but we know. Okay. But we know. We know. Afterwards, William returns to Sweetwater to find Dolores back at the start of her loop and is heartbroken to see that she does not remember him. In that moment where he sees Dolores and he and he's just he's beside himself. Do you think in that moment is when he's like, well, I guess I'm going to come in here in the next 30 years or forever? The barn scene makes sense now. Yeah. In that scene. Now I'm thinking right. About he it. has anger. He his anger towards Dolores is his anger towards his own failure. Right. And he's taking out what he sh- wants to take out on himself, like on himself, but he can't. And he, what he'd really like is for, you know, Dolores or someone else, one of these other robots, to shoot him, maybe. To death. Right. But yeah, he gets like half of it. And, hit, and, and on his spectrum, that's like an eighth. Right. If he had gotten shot in like the heart, the moment before he died, his smile would have been so big. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is even better. So William has been following Dolores for 30 years, going through exactly the same loop of returning to Escalante over and over again, meaning Dolores' journey up to that point was entirely a memory. She was recollecting. Believing Dolores has nothing new to offer him, William prepares to kill her, but she fights back and manages to incapacitate him, but is unable to kill him at the end with a gun pressed to his face. Do you think she had a chance? I just don't think it was in her code. Right. (laughs) So, but I don't think it was like something Ford was like, she might try to kill William, but I have to stop that. I don't think he cares about that. You think she didn't have it in her to kill him. Right, because she wasn't fully conscious yet. She would become fully conscious in like a half hour from then. But (laughs) she wasn't, yeah, but she wasn't there yet. If only, yeah, the man in black saying, stay right here, I'll be back in 30 minutes and I'll be sentient. Right. I will kill you. Then I'll kill you and this will be way cooler. You will be, your smile will be amazing. Oh, well, your smile will be all in the floor. True and blood. Yeah, a lot of blood. Mostly brain. (laughs) William fatally stabs Dolores before Teddy arrives and carries her off. The man, uh, chivalry is not dead as long as it's Teddy. If I, if there was like, you know how they have, uh, in offices, they have the motivational posters with yeah. confidence and it is chivalry. I just can't help but see his face. James Mars. Every time, every time with his howdy, ma'am. Like howdy. chivalrous. Yeah. Nicest guy. Great <laughs> guy. Nicest guy. That's one of those guys who you met at a party and that you can't remember anything afterwards. And you're like, nice guy. Nice guy. Great good, guy. Good guy. What was his name? Don't know. Ah, nice Don't know. Guy. He was nice. You wouldn't, I wouldn't even put him in a recap of that party. So Teddy arrives and carries her off. Then Ford arrives on the scene to meet William and claims that there was never a deeper meaning to the maze. He says over and over again, or he has people, one of his robots say over and over again, the maze isn't for you, the maze isn't for you. And the man in black, a little like maybe a little later, is just like, no, I don't believe you. 
It has to be because it's all I have. He says all of this to the man in black. Ford does and says all the narratives were merely games. He then invites William to attend the inauguration of his new narrative that evening. And a cool part about that is like in that moment, Ford knows him and the man in black are on the same side. Right. And that I think one of the most, I don't want to say impactful because there were so many other scenes yeah. and storylines that were much more impactful. But at the moment when you saw the man in black as the villain, you also saw Ford in most sequences as the evil mastermind behind it. And then you realize that neither of them are really bad. They're sort of, I, I said, I said this in the past, they're not the good guys, right. but they're definitely not the bad guys. And both of them in their own weird twisted way, want the, want the robot uprising to happen. Right. Like that's their best case scenario. Right. They both hate humans. Like I think an equal amount. So I think the invitation was cool because it was almost just like a, Hey man, you're not so bad after all. Right. Come, Let's start some shit. Come tonight. I have something for you that might make you smile. Wink, wink. Winkity wink, yo. <laughs> Dolores pleads with Teddy to take her to the place he promised where the mountains meet the sea. Teddy agrees and they ride to a distant beach. The future home of all the dead hosts in the trailer, by the way, where Bernard it just said, like, wow, there's a lot in the, again, assumably from the woods, they somehow try to escape and then their C6 things and their spine maybe explode. I don't know. But, but anywho, which, by the way, I, I want to bring this up now. Bernard, as Tandy Newton's Maeve calls him slash Bernard, uh, in the trailer kind of takes off his glasses and is like, I'm kind of done with these. Hmm. And in a scene in this episode... Ford like teaches him like no 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 Arnold kind of used his glasses to think so try that again the way to use his glasses and then like I think Bernard wakes up in that beach with his glasses next to him and he's like I don't need glasses I'm a robot this was just something given to me to be Arnold I'm not Arnold I'm Bernard which by the way Arnold and Bernard's names are anagrams did you know yes. that yeah it's, it's that's a neat thing that maybe you guys know now um <laughs> so he woke up on the beach with his glasses next to him and I think it's like the way we're going to be able to tell 30 years from before and, and present day now pretty closely. Because I think, right, I think one will have glasses and one won't. Because I one, take, one thing that you will take away from season one is that it's really difficult sometimes to know if it's Arnold or Bernard on screen. Right. Which they wanted to do. They wanted to make it mysterious so that we didn't figure out the two or three timeline thing until episode nine or ten. But it was really confusing and it kind of felt like the HBO execs were like, okay, we gotta know when one is there and when one's not there. Listen, it's really great. We love what you're doing. It seems as it's caught fire within a community. The Arnold part, though? Like a kerosene lamp Just... tipped over in a tent. It has caught fire. But we don't know who Arnold is. Something needs to make sense. Yeah, please, for the love of God, like, one thing makes sense. My daughter keeps asking me about this show. I have no idea what to say. Make one thing make sense, and I'll tell her I did it. I have something for her. Please just give me one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a weird HBO exec of who's just like, whose daughter doesn't love him. A lot like. Weird. Yeah. That's a, oh, the man in black and his daughter. No, I get that. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. That's a good segue. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Okay. Anywho. Meanwhile, after being completely rebuilt due to being burned completely in that tent, Maeve, along with Hector, enlists the aid of Armistice also and... They all try to escape Westworld, despite the warnings from Sylvester that somebody has modified her programming to allow her to wake up from sleep mode in the first place, who we would learn later was Ford. She hacks the facility's security system to mask their movements, and they head down to cold storage so Maeve can say her final goodbye to Clementine. Penny Feather, best name. Best name. Best name in the world. Cold storage is uh, probably one of the creepiest places that I can even ever imagine. Seeing as it, cold storage is comprised of all the sentient robots that have crashed, essentially. Right, exactly. Peter Abernathy was in there, there <laughs> which Lee would later go down. We'll talk about this a little later. But Lee goes down and, and gets him and then makes him the giver, but that's okay. <sighs> right. <laughs> he, <laughs> amazing. Which, amazing just because Louis hurt them, who both, who like is the only actor. He, he actually he tweets at us. It's nice. He's a very nice guy. 
But, like, he's amazing, and we're so glad that he's going to come back for season two. He's credited with, like, seven episodes on IMDb. For so like they're, Yeah, they're going to use him, which is yeah. perfect because he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And also, new Peter, like new Clementine, screw that. Yeah. Hashtag not my Clementine. Hashtag not my Peter. Not my Peter. Hashtag Clementine. Peter, that's the best weird because... Not my Peter. Yeah, not my, not my Peter. Peter. Not my Pete. That works, <laughs> that better. works better. That's fine. But when they find Clementine, they also find a Bernie on the ground dead. Because we, we knew that. He shot himself in the head. Well, Ford made him shoot himself in his, his head. Kind of like Arnold made Dolores shoot. Like, a lot of people making a lot of different people shooting a lot of different people in the head. A lot of self-headshots. So many headshots. They, their reticle is right on their head. Not hard enough. That is a... I shouldn't leave that in, to be honest. That's too vague. That, that, cut that out. Cut uh, that, that out. Will, that will make sense to, like, five people total. Okay. In a bloody one-sided battle, Hector and Armistice murder the creepy tech dude who is trying to have sexual intercourse with Hector. And another technician who is kind of just doing his job trying to make Armistice better in a hilarious scene. Which started off so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. But I think it turns out to be like, I, it was my, I think it's the funniest scene in the show. Absolutely. Uh, because, because they're naked. But. It's because, well, because they're naked, but also like because the guy is getting his fingers bitten off by Armistice... And but we go to the other room where the other tech is who the creepy necro tech from before is still trying to get into Hector's pants, mm. and we see what's happening behind him that he can't hear, which I always love those kinds uh-huh. of scenes. But then he figures out what's happening because Armistice throws the guy through the glass, and he turns around. And he's like, "Oh no, I'm compromised." Yeah, and then and then Hector, you know, stabs him through the chest. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Maeve and friends come across Bernard's corpse, as we mentioned earlier. And Felix is able to repair him. Felix does a robot for a second when he does this next part because Bernard, he relearns in that moment that Bernard is a host. He didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, am I a host? He does a robot dance and Maeve's like, shut up, idiot. So good. You're not, you're not one. Stop it. Ugh. I think Maeve, Maeve really likes Felix. Like, I think he's the only, he's the only, like, he's the only technician that she kind of has a soft spot for because i mean he's oh, we, oh i get it because he's been helpful 100 like, percent of the time helpful is a a understatement yeah <laughs> bernard reveals that mave's desire to escape is actually part of her program as a narrative probably written by mr doctor not mr dr ford himself and she takes it poorly breaking his tablet in half and is like, no, that can't be true. But you're also playing into the story by doing that. Right. It's all the gumbo. <laughs> yeah. Hatred. Anywho. So also waking him up. I think was waking him up was also said like, that's that's part of it too. You woke right. me up and that's part of it too. Ford is doing all of this. Refusing to believe Bernard, Maeve continues with her plan. Felix guides Maeve through a floor with samurai hosts. Samurai World. I think so. Like, I, I, we don't know if it's Samurai World versus Shogun World. I, a lot. I think most people are calling it Samurai World, but I've seen Shogun World on the internet, so we don't know yet. Hmm. And we'll stop in this moment to say this: on the website, it claims that Westworld has six—not Westworld, but like the park Delos. is six parks. And Delos has, which we know for sure, Shogun slash Samurai World, whatever that one's called, which is which is park number one. Which Maeve would f- soon get a piece of paper saying park number one, inferring that the person that she's about to look for is in Shogun World right. slash Samurai World, which makes sense for her to be in the trailer in that place. And the other ones are Future World, Medieval World, Roman World, and then one more we don't know. Those were in the original. Show. Yeah, those were in the right. original movie Everybody. written by Michael Creighton. Yep. And then they literally, there's a sequel to the original movie called Future World. Ah. Which is like their version of Tomorrowland, basically from Disney, and which I look forward to seeing. But like, it kind of sees like it feels like we may get like one new world a season. Do you think they're going to change the name of the show though? Per no, season? I don't think so. so. They name they are naming the seasons. Like the first season they named the Maze, and then the second season's name is the Door. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel okay about that? Yeah, yeah you don't care. It doesn't really like the the names of the episodes have always been weird and interesting, like kind of interesting. Although sometimes it, it's like, okay, that doesn't we won't really need that, <laughs> but that's okay. So as they are entering Samurai slash Shogun World, security is triggered. Hector and Armistice stay behind to hold off the guards while Maeve and Felix reach the lobby. Felix gives Maeve the location of her daughter among all the things that she asked to be given. And Maeve dismisses the information offhandedly. Supposedly. Supposedly. 
She thanks Felix for his help. Quote, you really make a terrible human being. And I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> and Felix is like, oh, th- uh, thanks. Also, but Felix was just kind of walked around with Hexter and Armistice and Maeve and saw about 20 people, probably with families, die. And it was all, it was a lot of his fault, although now we know it's not really. And it's Ford's the, fault. And in that moment, he was like on the robot side. Right. Now. He's on the robot side, but also like how guilty must he feel that all those people are dead? And he kind of feels like it's his fault. Right. But it, he's got to survive. So he has to. They're, I think they have to be, in, they're probably both, hopefully both Sylvester and Felix in season two. I was listening to an interview with Sylvester's actor, Ptolemy Slocum. And he mentioned that they only got the script pages for their scenes. They had no idea, like, any other stuff. Like, they would come across, like, Maeve would be there one day and they wouldn't know why, like, what got her there. They only knew what their scenes were. Right. So hopefully they were back. They come back and in the second season because I grew to like them more. Felix was hard to understand a lot of the time, but Sylvester was always, like, the voice of reason. He came off as a dick, but he's, like, the voice of reason. (laughs) He would be you. He'd be like, why, why are we doing any of this? We shouldn't do this. Let's brick her, please. (laughs) After Maeve says that wonderful line to Felix, she then boards the departing train as was written in her code. But then she sees a child with her mother and changes her mind, looks at the piece of paper saying that her daughter's in Shogun World or Samurai World, and changes her mind and gets off the train as the camera work goes from steady to handheld and her eyes open, inferring in that moment as Jonah and Lisa have mentioned consciousness hitting for the first time for real. Right. Which I didn't believe at first, but the second time through, I was like, okay, maybe, sure. But then I I was reading something that I really, really enjoyed, and I want to bounce this off you. Because, again, she did the opposite of what she was told to do, it seems. Or at least we think. We don't see the rest of the code. We don't know if this is what she was supposed to do. But we think, and I think, I will predict that this was the opposite of what she was supposed to do. She was supposed to be the outside threat while Dolores is the inside threat and kind of infiltrating the real world. Right. But then she makes what I would argue is the most human decision she could have made. If you have a daughter... Even if she's not real and you're that daughter's mother, you don't stay on that train. You get off your train and you go save that your daughter. You don't abandon your child. A mother doesn't stay on that train is what I'm arguing. That's fair. But I would also argue that Bernard's entire cornerstone, which he threw away just now, threw away was something that Ford had implanted. Right. So, so maybe this is also another piece of trauma that Maeve needs to live through do we believe that Maeve had enough trauma in one season do we believe that Ford thinks she had enough trauma in one season to be viable outside the park and if not then he would justifiably keep her in and keep doing or keep having horrible things happen to her right just like Dolores and just like Bernard so they become more conscious over time see I want I want to believe that Ford was behind it and he knew and had wrote all of this and even to the point you know just for you know theoretical sake that the people that the mother and daughter that were sitting in front of her may or may not even have been human to begin with. Yeah. It could have all been, but the one part that almost entirely debunks that is the fact that the camera purposely changed. I don't want to say perspective, but right. it changed from steady to handheld, which was a conscious decision made by the showrunners right. and which makes it it's just more evidence that like, this, that's what they want you to think. They it's, want you to think that Maeve and Dolores and Bernard a bit, a bit farther along than any other host because they've gone through more stuff, are actually sentient in some way. But Ford believes they can be more sentient. And, and their sentience is a journey that never ends. Right. Right. So as she exits the train to go get her daughter, all the power goes out and the entire Mesa shuts down. In the control center, the park staff realize that Maeve, Hector, and Armistice have gone rogue. Which, by the way, Hector and Armistice love guns. A lot. They found guns and they were like, what have we been missing? Yes. We had six shooters. Yeah, this these shoots way faster. This is 32 whole bullets. And it's, it's amazing. But like one of the main detractors from the Maeve storyline, as I recall, from a lot of different people, was that like a lot of the times people would get to the end of the storyline for an episode and they'd go, okay, but why is no one checking the cameras? Felix was on camera doing a lot of that stuff. So was Sylvester. 
but in this control room scene, they kind of like, they try to explain it where the cameras are all sentient as well. Like they're all programmed. And so because in this scene where like the, the guy, he's like, they got basically like cold storage is weird. Very weird. And he's like, okay, do you see anything on the screen? And she's like, no. And she's like, okay, bypass the AI camera and go look at live feeds, which infers that it's something that they don't do very often. And that the AI feeds could have been manipulated by Ford this entire time as well, keeping everything under wraps. It, that's it, it. That feels a little convenient for me, but okay. Yeah, I'm I'm totally okay with it. As like I said, Ford yeah. Camp, diehard right. Ford Ford fan. Exactly, and in, especially within the Maeve storyline, which like it, it can be argued is is parallel to like a slave trying to become free, like the American slave trying to free her her or himself learning everything they can about their master and then one day learning like they're not in control at all as as much as they thought they were right. like and and you can argue like a true american story is happening to Maeve which is why i really liked it the second time around hmm. but also ford might have just like changed all the cameras and made this and don't like made it, it seems like made a hundred percent except for the part where she got off the train happen. Right. And with the cameras being blacked out or showing different images all the time to the people in the surveillance room. And it, that would have made so much sense if someone who controlled most of the park was trying to create a robot uprising. Right. So. Yeah. It would be a really good move. <laughs> yeah. Lee Sizemore, who we did not see a lot of these past few episodes, but is probably going to come back a lot more next season heads down to cold storage to gain Peter Abernathy and get him out of the park, getting all of the valuable IP that Ford might just destroy when he's fired that evening and get it out of the park, just like Teresa was trying to do. And it went well for her too. Remember that? It didn't didn't go well for her at all. Uh, But when he opens the door, (gasps) surprise, none of them are there, which was super spooky. So spooky. So, so spooky. Because it, it, there's only one thing that's creepier than a room full of human-like robots that are, quote, off, right. end quote, is that same room not having those robots in there. Right, because they were not supposed to be off. How did they get on? They were supposed to be there. They're not. Trouble's coming. And to be fair, Ford turned them on. Yeah. And, and, and Maeve's whole storyline was like a distraction so that he could get all those things out of cold storage, including Peter Abernathy, who is, I don't know if Ford knows is the giver, but he is the giver. So, oh my God, he's going to be so, he's going to be so good in season two. He's going to be insane. Lee had one job to do and, and it wasn't his fault, but he didn't even do it. Yeah. No, he's been a real, he's been a barn burner all season, peeing on maps and being drunk. And, (laughs) and then like he had to go get Peter and he's not there. And Lee has to go back to Charlotte Hale and be like, so, and then Charlie Hale's like, we found them. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> Dolores reawakens in Arnold's lab, where she finds Ford and Bernard. Bernard accuses Ford of playing God by continually rolling them back when they show signs of consciousness and keeping them trapped in the park. Away from Dolores, Ford instead reveals that he has been trying to help the hosts all this time. He has always felt regret for being partially responsible for Arnold's death and came to see the host's potential for consciousness as well as the next step for humanity. However... Arnold's mistake was that he did not know how to protect the hosts from humans, so Ford spent the last 35 years slowly preparing the hosts by letting them learn how to defend themselves by torturing them completely. Uh, not only physically torturing, but this is some kind of next-level mental torture. This is Judas asking God. <laughs> it is. It's Judas asking God, why he, did he make him a murderer? Why did you do all these things to me? It's, right. it's actual betrayal happening over and over and over and over again until it sticks sad (laughs) so ford knew dolores needed to pull the trigger for real this time if if this was going to go to the next step it can't be written it can't be arnold forcing her hand like last time right this time it has to be real it has to be her choice for her to gain the next step of the eventual like the continuation of her sentience because every new memory, it stands to reason, makes her more real. Right. And she is immortal. Think about who she's going to be like a thousand years from now. How wise that... Like, every robot will be the giver once their memory stops being... And they'll all still look so good. So good. And they'll not get older. Although, there is a theory out there that they made Maeve's daughter's robot 
older and it's Tessa Thompson, Charlotte Hale. And the girl that she's been looking for the entire time is Tessa Thompson. What do you think about that one? Uh, yeah, right? Isn't that a weird... No. That, that's like a fringe theory, but it's kind of a good one. Oh, that would be very good. Yeah. I'm... You just like ruined my sorry. input for the rest of this. So sorry, I'm, dude. I'm so sorry. I'm literally gonna just be like just stewing on this. Yeah, right. Because I mean, James was on all last season that Charlotte Hale was a host. That like all the things it, James called it like the he saw her and was like host. host. And I was like, no. So like, if that's true, he'll he'll seem so smart. Whatever, James. Yeah, you're no. not. Whatever. You you took a fifty fifty. You took it. No, it was Hold actually it was, it was it was it was. It was pretty good that he did it. And uh, I'll give him all the credit. (laughs) Ford also reveals to both of them that Dolores is in fact Wyatt, as Arnold combined her personality with his to give her the ability to destroy the park, as well as in the same sentence saying that the reveries were Arnold's as well, and Ford just awoken them. And Ford had Bernard bury the gun outside the Dolores' house in the first or second episode, I can't remember, that she used to kill Arnold. She would go outside and went and gotten it because, you know, it was all written. Like, Bernard, go bury the gun near her so she can get it tomorrow morning on the same morning that Peter Abernathy finds that picture dropped by William years and years and just blew The picture of, let's remember this now, the picture that Logan showed William as he was tied up in the camp. of his sister sister. and William's future wife who would eventually commit suicide Mm. in a bathtub because of how awful William is. So much suicide. So a lot of suicide, homicidal, genocidal maniac that Ford and William become. Ford's a good man. Ish. You can't convince me otherwise. Okay. Don't at me. Okay. I will. Yeah, don't at at you. Follow J underscore. How do you spell the last one? I'm not telling, so I don't get added. Whatever. I'm going to tag you anyway. Ford then explains to Dolores what happens next is up to her and leaves the gun she used to kill Arnold before returning to the party. Dolores has another vision and comes to realize that the person speaking to her in her mind, the bicameral mind, which originally was Arnold, has been herself for a long time. She's been thinking. She's been thinking, and by confronting and accepting her revelation, Dolores finds the center of the maze by achieving true consciousness. I think... And on the level of, like, who's more conscious, who's farther along, Dolores is one. Number one? Yeah, Bernard oh, is sure. two, and Maeve is three, I'd say. Hmm. Just Bernard, Bernard and Dolores have had longer times, and Dolores is the oldest. True, Dol- yeah, Maeve's still new to it, but she caught on I'm to Quickly, it. very, very quickly, <laughs> because Ford... Because Ford boosted her. True. To, yeah, yeah it, okay. No, yeah, that, you know, no, that Ford, Ford gave her, like, all the tools, right. and he was like, you know what, I, I'll do exactly what I did to Dolores, but, like, Shrink it down to from 30 years to one. I don't have a lot of time. It's like when Neo learns all of the martial arts. Right, yeah. And yeah, really, really quickly. Uh-huh. Give me more. Give me more. It's amazing. Good, good. Matrix is a good reference for a show about robots. Very much so. Ford returns to the party and gives a speech to the gathered Delos executives, including Charlotte. Whom, I have to say, during the first season, I, when I first watched it the first time, I said that too many times, I was naysaying Tessa Thompson hard for being not as good an actress, like, across from Anthony Hopkins, which I, I was giving her a hard time. Um, and, and but since then, Tessa Thompson has exploded. Mm-hmm. She has been in Thor Ragnarok as Valkyrie. Amazing. She was in Annihilation. So, so oh. good. And she was in the upcoming Creed 2. She was in Creed 1. She was in Selma prior to Westworld. I didn't even know. And she's now going to be starring with Chris Hemsworth, across from Chris Hemsworth, in the Men in Black Jump, uh, 21 Jump Street crossover thing that they might do but she's attached as well as chris hemsworth if that ever gets made it might not get made but if it is she'll be the lead a lead in that movie she's exploded yeah i was wrong and being a dick and i apologize (laughs) so what are your thoughts on on tessa thompson's portrayal of charlotte hale and now and and this is a little bit different now because of the thing the the theory that she might be Maeve's daughter might not be but it might be a host might not be do you think she's a host um Right. So I'm just exactly at the fence on that because I've spent the entire time watching the show, the entire time reading Reddit and all the theories and then, you know, finishing the show and seeing how they ended the first season, assuming she was a human being. Right. But we assumed Bernard was a human being right up until the door. True. I mean, I've I've looked at Reddit. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Bernard, we called a little bit more. Charlotte Hale, if if Charlotte Hale is a is a is a host. That's uh, great. If Charlotte Hale is a host, 
this might be my favorite show. And furthermore, ever. if Charlotte Hale is honestly, I I want that theory to be true Me so too. badly. I, I didn't even know of this theory until literally ten minutes. But it would ago. be weird because Felix said her daughter is in, and they also might not age hosts at all. And this might be completely wrong, and her daughter might just be like another story in the Shogun slash Samurai world and might be wrong, but it would be interesting. Uh, It's an interesting thing to at least think about, you know? And I'm going to be thinking about it until uh, April 27th? 22nd. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Close enough. Ford opens the speech at the Delos shindig down by the beach, criticizing Delos for how they have exploited and mistreated the hosts for all their own pleasure and begins to talk about how everyone will be players in the new and last narrative. Did I skip over the part where... They're under the moon. I just did it really fast and I didn't remember it. Like when you say Clementine within a bit. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that quickly. I can't say that. Clementine Pennyfeather, the best name? I think it just broke my brain. It's tough. Clementine Pennyfeather. You'll, you'll come back stronger for it. Clement- Clementine Pennyfeather. Clementine Pennyfeather, best name. Oh, you have to like pause. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Clementine yeah. Pennyfeather, best name. Talking shop. Yeah, Talking rap shop. Clementine Pennyfeather. <sighs> Clementine right, Penny for it. the best name. I'll uh. get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I-, I added the uh because it's now a rap. <laughs> so Ford opens the speech by criticizing Delos for how they've exploited. Basically, you're doing a bad job at this with my creations. You're not doing... And also, like, there's that undertone of Delos is doing something that we haven't been told yet. Teresa in an earlier episode is like, you think that we they really care what the things in the in the park do like there's something else and james and i have said in the past and we said during the retrospective it might be something military uh militaristic like which stands to reason now because the trailer has those big white hosts that mm. look kind of like brain dead but they look kind of like they were made to murder yeah i mean not even only murder but if you think about how realistic that they have these hosts and how they have these scenarios is you could create a host to even you know <laughs> bed an enemy dictator and convince him to right. uh, change his mind about it. There are him. many theories as to exactly what Delos's long-term goal is, whether it's militaristic, whether it's consciousness switching for, like, to make people immortal forever. Or they're just letting people in the park and they're getting all of their data and then they'll send them ads on the internet when they use it. They're a destination Facebook. <laughs> Facebook nice. world. Very nice. God, Mark, I'm, I'm not, I'll, we'll talk about Mark Zuckerberg's stupid face. Current events. We'll talk Current about Mark Zuckerberg's events. stupid face after this. At that moment, Dolores, still thinking that Ford is holding them captive in Westworld, which he's not, but she doesn't know that, shoots and kills Ford and begins massacring the gathered guests. Although we don't see, Charlotte Hale's in the crowd, we don't see her die. We see people get shot, we don't see Charlotte Hale die. Teddy and Bernard are also present and can only watch in horror. In a nearby field, William has a drink alone where he sees an army of hosts emerge from the forest while a wolf howls, which we still have no, no idea what the stupid wolf means. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Which, by the way, real, real wolf. The wolf's real. It's not CGI. They had a wolf on set. Wolf's. Are literally my favorite. I yeah, I recall like you went on a little like vacation to go see to a wolf's reserve. Oh my god, that's I didn't know it was real. Real wolf. Yeah, Jonah Nolan was like, I directed that wolf. It was a great wolf. (laughs) And uh, and then the audience was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't care. What's what is it? Why? And he's like, like, No, don't worry about it. So much time on that wolf. Great wolf. Clementine, who is among the hosts, shoots William slash the man in black in the arm, and he smiles wider than he has in a very, very long time. So he wanted to make Westworld real. Has he succeeded? Almost. And he, well, saying he succeeded, like, he's the one who made this happen. He's not. He's... Ford is. Ford is, but, like, you know, William... Bought the park. This wouldn't. None of this would have happened if William didn't invest in the park. Right. If he didn't power play up. If he didn't actually save all of this, which Ford thanks him for. Ford's like, thank you so much for falling in love with Dolores thirty years ago. It is really helping me with my genocide. <laughs> that is the end of the episode. And then in the post credit scene, we see Armistice. Just a fun little thing where her hand's still stuck in the security door, and she cuts it off uh, like the guy in in 127 hours. James Franco did. Ooh. And before facing more guards, still naked. No, not naked anymore, but still badass. Yeah. Still super badass. Wicked badass. We don't know if Hector and Armistice are going to make it, but they they do like guns, so maybe give them samurai swords, see how it goes. Dude. Right? Oh my god, because it's right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's season one. 
So I will ask what I did at the end of the season one retrospective. This is a solid 48 minutes. It's going to be fine. Honestly, the fact that we got it under an hour and, the, the, and that we did two back to back is, is impressive. I'm going to pat myself on the... Got him. Impressions overall of episode 10. Let's do that first. Episode 10. Charlotte Hale. Yeah. Might be a... Oh, hey, you're gone. You're gone. Justin's gone. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not kidding, but... Yeah, gonna, yeah, I know. We're yeah. going to go ahead and start this through. So my biggest question coming out of season one is... Was Dolores's when Dolores killed Ford? Yeah, was it written? Mm-hmm. We we don't know. It, it's inferred that it wasn't, but and it's but she doesn't know the real reason why she just did it anyway. She thinks that he's still keeping them captive when he's not. But also, like this is what he wanted her to do. He gave her a choice. She becomes sentient and then makes a choice. But like it feels inevitable when she does it. And I couldn't get. My first reaction to her shooting him and then shooting the crowd was, you know, the credits roll. I'm sitting there and I go, that wasn't really Ford. No, if you think Ford is the, the, he, he can, he, which is stand like is on the same level as the consciousness switching Delos theory, which is like he uploaded, he can upload a person can be a data file right. and it can be uploaded. And if that's true, and if is that hit, that might be his goal while Delos Delos is, is, is a separate goal com- completely. We don't right. know exactly. It hasn't been fleshed out for sure. Right. And uh, I don't remember uh, what number episode it was. I think it was like, might've been the door episode where yeah. Bernard goes downstairs and there's somebody being made. Right. And, and everyone lab. thought maybe it was Teresa. And then they were like, no, Teresa's just dead. Yep. And then they were like, maybe it's Elsie. And then we're like, no, Elsie is alive. Although Ford does like Bernard asks him at some point about Elsie and he's like, oh yeah, she's on vacation. So he Ford, it feels also knows about Elsie. Right. But so, and then the third one was, is that Ford it's gotta be remaking Ford. himself into a robot because he's finally figured out how to do that. Is it remaking himself into a robot, or is the robot the one that walked out there? Right, exactly. And is he still alive somewhere? Right. He's, because I, he's alive. He's in, alive. A, in the real world, we had a concern that, like, Anthony Hopkins is old. Yeah, true. Which is a th- reason I think that might, they might be doing something like this, which is, like, if he dies, we have to do something. Although, the CGI him is pretty, pretty good. Uh, convincing, to say the convincing. least. Convincing. But at the same time, like, if they do full CGI season, like how Leia might be in the next Star Wars movie. Like, she has to be... Like, it's a bit of Uncanny Valley kind of stuff where, like, uh, CGI is good, but it's not a person. Although, that is a wonderful metaphor for people are good, but they're not these robots. (laughs) (laughs) Who... Who I've chosen. I'm Ford now, and I've chosen them. So, season one as a whole... I mean, we're here. The reason we're here and the reason I do so much work... This, I mean, the, for only these two episodes of the only work I've ever done on the, uh, the James has done most of the heavy lifting, just as Arnold had. Uh, I'm Ford in this story, and he's Arnold. I will say from sitting here for two episodes that this is simple, and good job, James. <laughs> James is talented, and you are trash, Ryan. You're pure trash. I didn't say that, but you said it. I said, yeah, yeah. Anywho. So, obviously, I'm excited for season two so much. I, you know, I feel the same way as I did the moment. Spoiler alert for Game of Thrones season one. Turn off right now, but give him a few seconds. And Ned's heads get chopped off. And so, uh, I felt the same way I kind of feel that I felt then, which is like, I God, I just hope they don't ruin it. (laughs) Right? And like, Game of Thrones has... I mean, a few seasons of Game of Thrones, they've tried a little bit to ruin it, and I'm still on board, and I'm like, okay, it's still it's still great. It's still great. It's still great. If they figure out that last season, it might be my favorite show of all time. Absolutely. Westworld, I just... Anything for them not to jump the shark. But you know what? And I was concerned until I saw the Rickroll video, mm. and I was like, oh, they're relaxed. They're, <laughs> they're relaxed. They're they, staring down the barrel, and they're just... And they feel confident in their story. And they feel confident there are twists and turns we don't haven't figured out yet. Right. And they're confident that we're going to watch season two and know some stuff, not know some stuff, and be con- as confused as we were for season one. Which, to be fair, was like a little confused on a few storylines. Like Bernard was like a little called. But completely and utterly surprised on others. Yep. Maeve, Ford, 
Charlotte Hale. Charlotte Hale, if she's a <laughs> robot. And then probably not so much Man in Black William, although they tried their very best because at the, end, the last time, like, the, the Logan equals Man in Black, which I was like, I will stop watching this yeah, show. Yeah, no, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Anywho, that was season one again. We've now watched it twice. It was different the second time. I, I highly recommend... I mean, if you're here, then I assume you've watched it again with us. Or at least you've just been listening to these, and that's your version of watching it again, which is fine, too. But, yeah, this is the end of our recaps, because April 22nd, we have the show back, and we'll be doing our weekly podcast. Uh, Before then, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you have concerns that you would like us to answer when we come back for Season 2, send them to the Westworld Podcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at WestworldRyan. Don't tweet Justin. He doesn't want Don't any of me. it. I'm going to add I'm adding him anyway. It doesn't matter. And uh, send us all the things you want us to talk about. And then come back on April 23rd for the Westworld podcast going over season two, episode one, which is entitled Journey into the Night. The same as the title that Ford's narrative, his new narrative was, you know, right before he got shot. Supposedly. Supposedly. Right. And, and, and. Also, Charlotte Hale might be Maeve's might, might, might might, might. Now she's not Maeve's daughter. I think I'm actually going to be a little like, oh. No, she I, this, I, now I'm just disappointed by like a way off theory that might or might not be true. Not even, it's not even in the realm of truth, I would say at this point. Right, yeah. But it's like, I am just there. I'm ready to read. I'm in. <laughs> I have in into this fake delusional world that I have created for myself. And I choose that world over the other world just as Ford has chosen his creations over the human bangs. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. You're, uh, you can't see us, but we're doing the... Rock and roll hand gesture. Woo! Uh, there's an emoji of pinky this. Thumb. There's an emoji of I this. Call it pinky thumb. Pinky thumb. Okay. Pinky thumb. thumb. Double pinky thumb. Quadruple pinky thumb. Now because we're both doing double. James is listening to this like they're super. I can't wait to come Just back so these stop. idiots stop being idiots. You're talking. You're trying to describe hand motions. Yeah. Via audio. Actually, James was before we did this. He was like, "You can't do it too, girl. If you can't, if you do it better than we do it, then you, then I'll, I." Then I'll kill you. I don't uh, think you said you'd kill me, but I was like, "Don't worry, don't worry about that." Way, you look, you hold this show together, we just James. Describe, we just tried to describe an emoji, right? Exactly. He's fine. Low standards for <laughs> excellence. So again, thank you, Justin, for doing these two shows back to back on one night. You really, really helpful. I appreciate it. I mean, you're welcome. But I, like I said, I gotta say. So easy. Yeah. <laughs> there was just nothing. I, I just autopilot. I didn't even, the only thing I got from it was Charlotte Hale's a host, to yeah. be honest. So. Three timelines confirmed. Ryan is trash confirmed. Man in Black is William confirmed. Logan gets found by the Ghost Nation in the trailer. What's that even going to be? Is she going to be brought in? Because El- to me, Elsie... Okay, we got to get out of here. Yeah, I got to stop. Elsie is, is the Ghost Nation leader for sure. Anywho, thank you again for listening. And we will see you in a in about two weeks for season two. Heck yeah. I'm Ryan. And I'm Justin. And this is the Westworld Podcast. Okay, now we're recording. Shoguns are not samurai. Wow. <clears throat> Way to begin. I'll have, I'll have to tack that at the end. As uh, this will be the thing where I put like a minute after it ends as our Easter egg. Oh, is this the quality you want? Shogun or not samurai? <sighs> okay. Okay, good. Link in the description. Wow. No, there isn't. I know because re- I'm writing the description. Don't forget to subscribe. That's true though. Yeah. That's good. That's a good way to end it.